Shut up and sit down. I love doing the little oh, fake fire thing. <laughs> awesome fire intro, Scott. What is going on, everybody? What is going on? Welcome to this week's episode, episode 69 of the STS Guys. I am Jeremy. Hey, guys. It's Nate. And I'm Scott. And Larry is out We are the week, STS Guys, a weekly podcast where you sit around, shoot the shit, and talk about anything geeky or being cool. Uh, we are one member short this week. Yeah, I, I hope this doesn't become a trend because it was me last week, and then you know this week, Larry. Hey, damn you, prior life engagements. <laughs> yeah, Larry's out this week, but he's with us in spirit. And as you can tell, Jeremy is mid move right now, so he's joining us from his phone. But he still made it tonight, so we appreciate yeah, that, Jeremy. I am I am dedicated. <laughs> I am dedicated to the podcast. You are so dedicated, so. and we appreciate that. So it's been a week, guys. Yes. A very uh, exciting week for a couple different things. Like, we had some new games, some TV to watch. Like There was a lot of new stuff that came out here. That's uh, definitely been keeping up our time. Yeah, Netflix is dropping fire. Capcom is dropping fire. Blowing it up. Blowing it up. Yeah. I see what you did there, Nate. Yeah. And if yeah. you guys loved those old Resident Evil games, especially number two, Capcom dropped a bomb on Friday uh, with the Resident Evil 2 remake. I got a chance to play it in the one shot. And I was, you know, at first, like, I, I don't know, the one shot just wasn't getting me super excited, even though I was like, man, this looks amazing. But as soon as I booted up the main game and you start that scene where he's on the on the highway and the trucker hits like you know the zombie. It just got me into the whole experience, and I couldn't put the controller down. It's so good. Yeah, it really captures the feel of the original Resident Evil games, and like like I said, especially Resident Evil Two. Right, it it's really has that 1998 feel to the game, uh, while updating everything for kind of more of a modern a modern time. Uh, you know the graphics are great. Uh, the motion to instead of the, that fixed camera view to the over the uh, shoulder. Uh, I didn't know a hundred percent how I was going to like it, but I, I I love Resident Evil Four, so moving it to that camera, uh, it makes a lot of sense for this. Yeah, I I am literally so jealous that you guys have gotten to play this. <laughs> and like I said, it's going to be probably a month before I even get to touch this game. So. I can't wait to hear what you guys like about this game. Yeah, yeah, it'll so, be worth the wait, man. Yeah, uh, no, did, you ever play the, did you play the original Resident Evil Two, Jeremy? I did. Like I said, that was, that was actually one of my favorite games back in the day. Like, I just lo- I love that love 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 that series. It's just so weird mm-hmm. holding my phone like this. Um, <laughs> um, I like I said, it's just that, that's one of those games that I was like waiting and waiting and waiting to come out for, and then. I totally forgot it came out, and honestly, Nate, until I saw some of your screenshots of, of you playing, I said on, on your, one of your stories, I'm like, oh man, that came out today, and then I'm like, got all excited, I'm like, I'm gonna go play, oh wait, no, I'm not. <laughs> my oh wait, PS4 I'm, is I'm in a moving truck, and I don't have my yeah. PlayStation right now. Yeah. My PlayStation's on a semi right now, someplace. Uh, yeah. uh, It'll be worth Houston the wait, man. 
Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it uh, once it finally does. Uh, once I finally do get to play that, because like I said, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty good game. Yeah, dude. No, yeah, it's I, um, it, they did a really great job of porting that to the modern time. Like one of the best updates was back in the day when they did uh, the update to modern or the Resident Evil One when they did the the GameCube remake where they kind of updated all the graphics and controls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and everything like that was one of the best Resident Evil games, and I think that this one, as a remake, in like blows it out of the water. Yeah, I mean, I you, like Scott's alluding to. Like, I've played other remakes before, and they didn't feel as fresh as this one does. There's something about the way that they redid the graphics, they redid some of the gameplay. Um, like Scott said earlier, it plays kind of like Resident Evil 4, but even a more polished version of that. Um, and it just, it feels fresh to me. Like I, I didn't, I'll admit it, I didn't finish the, I don't think I finished Resident Evil 2 the first time I ever played it, but now playing it older, I have much more appreciation for the puzzles and just the way the game sets itself up. It keeps things interesting. Um, you know, sometimes you'll traverse back into older territories, but it's because you've, found new items that you can unlock a different area because it's all about like accessing more and more and more to get further and further into the game. It, it, it definitely falls into that trap of the, what they call the Metroidvania game, right? You have to go to section a to get this key, which opens up section B and then something in B opens C, which you need to open up a lock area in a to get a critical item. Like, so you're, you're going back and forth getting new items and, and kind of moving around. So that's still kind of a, is a pain point, but that was in the original game. Like changing that, I think would do a disservice to the, the game itself. Right. Like, and and to be honest with you, like I think we've talked about this before, but I get a little bit tired of playing the open world games all the time. You know, like games like Red Dead Redemption, even though they're amazing, uh, you have this huge world to discover. And the thing that I like about Resident Evil 2, at least it feels like a change of pace for me now, um, is that it's a little bit of a smaller world, but you still feel like you have some freedom to kind of explore. There's the customization factor, so you can customize your weapons. Um, there's different things you can find and unlock along the way. So I kind of like the old school feel to it. It just makes it, it, makes it refreshing to me. I don't know. Yeah. Now, one thing that I will say is the negative to this, and it's something that plagued the original game too. Uh, I, I fucking hate (laughs) the uh, inventory system. It was in the original. They they've tried to bring it back. Uh, They, I mean, Resident Evil Five had that same setup where you have, you know, you start with like eight blocks, and then. as those fill up, then you can get things to increase your blocks. But, you know, like a pistol and a shotgun take up the same amount of, of space as, like, an herb, right? Like, mm-hmm. it kind of annoys me. I really thought that they hit a great stride when they went to Resident Evil 4 and you had the uh, the briefcase. Yeah. Right? That was, you had that puzzle and so you could fit more stuff, but bigger things took up more space and you had to like rearrange stuff to, to fit it better. That was an amazing addition and they've never done that since. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. It, it's really strange to see. 
I was like, actually, I, it's funny that you said that because I was expecting the inventory to be like that because that's the last time I remember how the inventory was when I was playing it was an evil game. And then to your point, it's back to these one slots and a, a gun takes up the same amount of space as like an herb. And it seems like you're constantly hitting that ceiling of having too much inventory. So like you said, I have to keep going back to like the little supply crates that they keep at each typewriter and the typewriters are what you use to save. So I, I feel like I have to go back to that a lot, especially when I've, I've opened up a new puzzle because I'm like, oh, I put that piece back in my chest. So let me go back to the chest, get that out. Oh, okay. And now I pass that door is another piece that I put in my chest. You know, it kind of gets really irritating. I wish the inventory was a little bit more streamlined. Yeah. And as you guys noticed, uh, Jeremy dropped out. Um, you know, he's trying to help join and get into the chat, but uh, he is not at his home. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult, but he'll keep in the comments with us. Well, and we're going to hopefully try to get him back on here if we can. So, uh, so let's see here. I'm actually going to, before we continue with this, let me send one back, get, try to get him back on here. Sure. Yeah, if you guys uh, are just joining, we are talking currently about Resident Evil 2 and me and Scott's thoughts on the game. Yeah. We both, so far, really enjoy it. So, yeah. So, here's the thing that I was worried about in the game, and I will say they handled this brilliantly, is um, with the game uh, and the, the way it runs. Hey, Jeremy's back. Hey, Jeremy's back. Up. What's up, man? <laughs> Uh, so, with the the original game back in 1998, they actually used that fixed camera to their advantage a lot in using kind of some transition points to hide zombies, mm -hmm. right? So they could you know you'd never see anything, but the second that you move to a different fixed position, all of a sudden there would be enemies right in front of you, and that was their way of kind of doing the jump scare, right? right? At that point, was oh here's that thing that's gonna you know. Now it's jumping out at you. I was worried now that that camera is always behind you. You don't have those transitionary positions that they could use for that. And I was worried that it was going to lose some of that impact. Yeah. Are you, are you playing the game with headphones by chance, Scott? Uh, not yet. No, I, okay. I used, but I, I have a, like a surround sound system. So if you're getting yeah. it like the, how they actually have the, the really good use of sound is yes. works out really well. But yeah, Jeremy, I'll suggest when you first play this, play it with headphones because um, even though if you have surround sound, I'm sure it sounds just as nice, but man, uh, I don't have the best headset, but they do something to make the audio sound so 3d that I can hear things back here. You know, you, you get into a new area and it kind of freaks you out. Cause you hear all these sounds around you. <laughs> it really adds to the experience. Yeah. So as I say, yeah. So it, what they do is they use sound. And then uh, if you noticed they did really good with, basically compensating for those fixed camera jump scares with the use of the, uh, the flashlight. Yes. Right. So a lot of those transitionary points they've made darker. So mm -hmm. when you go in, you only have that circle of kind of light that you can really see clearly in front of you. And so they can use where, you know, just slightly around a corner that they know you're not going to be looking with that, that light right off the bat to okay. have that zombie come out at you. Um, now, let me, let me uh, like, so does it play like a remake game or does it play almost like a, a brand new game that's just done in the Resident Evil 2 style? No, it, that's a hard question. Uh, I would almost say this. It's it's an in-between, right? So okay. if you look at like Spyro, 
the it's the exact same game just updated right like new graphics kind of overhaul but they didn't change any of the guts of the game this one is they've made some modifications to the the puzzles inside the game but for the most part it is the same game but you have a whole brand new camera system brand new controls and a slightly altered map to accommodate for that mm-hmm. uh and there there are some new I wouldn't say new puzzles that are big, but some of like the the locks and and different things that are locked in the game that you shouldn't be able to access without finding like a clue uh, are different from what they were in the original 1998 game, mm-hmm. just because of that that thing. So it's not like a oh all a style you know game where it's yeah. completely different. Like if you knew that you had to go through this room and that you know go up to the second floor. And make your way up to the third floor to get the C4, you know, use a C4 to blow up the wall. Like that is all the same, but it does play completely different. Uh, and it it acts differently because of the way the camera system is set and the way that it it behaves is completely different from what you would expect. Yeah. So it is it's a good happy medium for what you're asking. This is what I would want a remake to be something that feels familiar, but also feels fresh because the original Resident Evil came out back in like 1998 and I haven't touched the game since. Um, so for me playing this now feels like a brand new game almost like it feels fresh. Like Scott said, the improved controls, the graphics are amazing. Like these are some of the best looking zombies I've ever seen in a game. <laughs> like legit every we, single one of them. We have to talk about like, I have not seen yet once a uh, recycled model. Yeah, me either. They all so, look unique and they all act like, I don't know, it's just, uh, it's it's scary in a way because they don't respond to your gunfire, like they don't get hurt. Yeah. They'll take multiple shots to the head. So you're like, Jesus, when is this guy going to go down? And then when they do go down, sometimes they'll pop back up unexpectedly. And it takes another three to four shots. Yeah, to it adds him. to the suspense. And sometimes yeah. you'll see like a leecher just hanging on a wall. You're like, holy shit, I don't want to piss that off. Yeah, you got to walk <laughs> slow. And um, this one is, is actually really good because they did uh, this we kind of a cool setup where uh, they actually have damage to the zombies. So when you shoot it in the face, you actually tear off a chunk of its face. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's cool. And it that's legit, a, you see, cool. actually see, like, I blew off a thing's jaw at some point, and it was like, like, it's yeah. still coming at me. Like, it did a, they did a really good job of showing, like, yeah, your damage is, is taking effect, but these, you know, these are, these are not like your shitty like one shot to the head zombies. I, I'll, I'll say they're not Walking Dead zombies, right? Whereas it's like slow, stupid. You shoot them in the face. Like they're slow. You can still run around them. Sometimes I, I still occasionally get grabbed when I think I'm in the clear. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the, the one shot to the head is not going to be enough. No. And they and- move quick. Like they they're really slow, but then when they they get sight of you and they're within reach, they lurch forward at you trying to grab you and it is very hard to peg that headshot yeah it makes it really suspenseful because they get too close like scott said they kind of lurch at you and one thing i notice is that the enemies are unique in a way that they move so sometimes they'll just be kind of bobbing back and forth but all of a sudden they'll turn their head a little bit so you're aiming at them thinking that they're going to stay in the same path but they change so you have to kind of like change on the fly mm-hmm. it just uh i don't know i 
you know, the game itself just feels uh, challenging. And that is one thing I love about it. It doesn't yeah. feel easy, even though it feels familiar. So the yeah, one yeah, that was one of the things I was looking forward to, like from from E three, like so when they when they showed the initial trailer of it, I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, this has some some good concepts and some things because you know they they remade some of the Final Fantasies and things like that. So I'm like, okay, it's just gonna be another remake. But kind of to your point, Nate, I want I wanted something a little bit more fresh. I said if I'm if I'm going to be spending sixty bucks for a brand new game, I just don't want to want a remake. I said I've, I've played the original. Yes, it's you know got. Updated graphics, and I mean, I've played it for a long time. Yeah, that's that's all great, but I, I want some aspect of it to be a, a little fresher, so that way, you know, it, it keeps my interest. And it's and it's not just the way that you guys, you two guys, are actually describing it. This makes me want to play it that much more, because it sounds like you know, you guys are both excited to play this game. Yeah, but basically based on you know, a premise from something that's twenty years old. Like it's right. It's yeah, all, it's dude, all. and I totally agree with what you're saying. I even told Scott this, like. Man, I, I, earlier this week, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to pick it up on Friday. 60 is a lot for a remake of a game that I played, you know, back in 1998. But I think maybe that's the one negative for me is that it shouldn't be maybe not full price. I don't know. It's hard to say because of all the positive things we've said about it. They yeah. really did invest a lot of time into this remake. Right. Making, making it a new... It, it, it really is a new game. And it's really hard to say that because the framework for it's 20 years old. And they put a whole new game within that same framework, so yeah. it's really hard to be like, yeah, is this is this yeah. going that same quality of like a remake? Like, do we put this in the same bucket of Spyro's you know remake and all those that are coming out, or do we consider this a new game? And it's really hard for me to say. Like, it it is in that gray area in between, and it makes it really hard to judge. Yeah, well, I, and, I think I think maybe we should coin this as. I said, I think we, I think this is what should be the official SCS guys saying. I think this should be hybrid remakes. Hybrid so remakes. It's not necessarily just a straight remake. It's got some fresh content in there as well. Yes. But like I said, it's a hybrid remake. Yeah. yeah. And there's fresh visuals too. And it's not like big things, but like there's this one part in the beginning of the game where you're trying to save a cop that's trapped behind this kind of like sliding locked door. And you kind of help get him out, but this is a visual they didn't have in the original. In the original, you just find the guy's body in yeah, half. He's, yeah, he's dead already. Like he's already gone. Th what you see in this this remake has already happened. Yeah, right. But in the remake, there's an entirely new cutscene that it shows you what happens to that guy and why he ends up that way. And it's little things like that that have been really adding to the experience for me because it helps just immerse you into the experience that you're in. And um, to kind of go with content, even though, you know, you, so you start out with two different characters. You can be Leon Redfield. Uh, yeah, Leon Kennedy or Claire Redfield. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yep. Leon Kennedy or Claire Redfield. And there's two different scenarios for both. So there's scenario A for both players. So once you finish both players in scenario A, then unlock scenario B, which is a different story. Mm -hmm. so, and that, that was all kind of the same thing from the original. Um that that you had those, uh, you know the the different scenarios. The great thing I love about this is they include they included everything, including those two secret unlockable campaigns from RE two. Uh, are are also included in this game. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah, that's amazing. Like I said, but at the same point in time, it also makes me feel so old. I'm like, 
I remember, I remember physically playing this game. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Jimmy, here's one thing that I think you'll really enjoy about this new version, though. On the normal and easy difficulties, there is no longer a need for ink ribbons. <laughs> That's true. You can save There's, it anytime you, you want You can to. save at any point, and the game auto-saves at key points so that if you die and you haven't saved in a while, it will put you to its nearest autosave versus going back to your last save. Which is a huge help when you get into the boss yeah. battles. Because I had that, that first time, one of the, it wasn't the first leaker I ran into, but the second one after I set off the C4. Yeah. Uh, another, which is different from the original game, because that's the first time you should see him, but that it was the second time I seen, seen it in that one. Uh, but a, uh, Zombie was also in that room, which was brand new. So when I was trying to like sneak past the uh, the liquor, because you know they they've maintained the whole idea that if you walk really slowly, it can't you don't you. make noise, it can't hear you, it won't attack. But that fucking zombie <laughs> kept attacking me, so I had to sh- shoot it in the face, which made that damn thing chase after me. So I was like, all right, before I go and solve the puzzle, I have to go kill that little bastard. And then like do this whole thing. Um, it was, yeah, it was, uh, I, I lost my train of thought to be honest with you there. Uh, <laughs> I was so, like, where's it going? Where's it going? Yeah. I don't know. But like, but hey, yeah. come on, come on. Spit it I, <laughs> dude, I actually don't know anymore. Like, Oh, but so I died a couple of times and, uh, instead of putting me back to my last save, which was well before that, you know, I had that first like, oh, fuck moment when I got d- killed the first time because it's like, I haven't saved in forever. I was like, shit. Yes. And then it popped me up right before I turn on the, like, get the chance to, uh, uh, you know, do the puzzle. Have you like, got to oh, the first, thank God. Have you got to the first, like, boss, Scott? The first real boss? Yeah. yeah. With the eye on your shoulder? Yeah. yeah that was yeah. my first time. The G, I- the G virus? Yeah. That was the first time that I died. Um, and I, that's one thing I love too. The deaths are unique to the enemy that you're fighting. So if you're fighting just regular zombies, you'll get bitten in the neck. Up. Yeah, you'll just keep getting if, tore up until you die. I will tell you this. I, uh, in the one shot, I died by the zombies and they tear the living shit out of you when they, the death animation for it is <laughs> not pleasant. Dude, I love watching the, it's like I was saying earlier, the zombies look amazing and the deaths look awesome. Like you see a lot of people die. You see yourself get, you know, attacked and it just looks so nasty. It makes and you not want to get attacked again. You see <laughs> the damage. Like yeah. when you get bit in the neck, like you have a big old here tear in your neck until you use like the, the spray or an herb. Well, and as like, you lose health, you go from like fine, which is full health, then yeah. caution, and you start limping a little bit and your guy kind of grunts. And then you have like danger, which is red. And that means if you get hit again, you're, you're going to die. And you're, you're, and you're like, yeah, you're bleeding, you're, lumber. you're lumbering, like your, your walks all off. It's just cool. It adds to the suspense. Just like fuck, I am fucked up right now. I need to go find some help or something. <laughs> I need to, I need to figure out a way to to, to heal myself because <laughs> I am not going to make it. And the game does a good job of making you feel like your resources are scarce at most yeah. times. Like you never have a ton of ammo. You never have a ton yeah, of health. That, that was going to be the next thing I was going to ask. Like, is is does, do they keep the same kind of resource scarcity that you know yeah. that, that kind of follow the series of games when you see a zombie you do always have to make that 
judgment call of like, do I take the, like, do I have the resources now to kill that knowing it's going to take four to six up to eight shots to kill this damn thing? Do I take, do I use those resources now or do I just run past it? Right. Cause most of the zombies in the game, you can just run past mm-hmm. like they're slow yeah. enough that you can leave them just like you could in the original run around them and, you know, just know that no, there's always going to be one of them little bastards in that corridor. Every time you come back, uh, do you kind of take out that or do I kill it? So I know that it's, you know, he's down for when I come back through. Yeah. And they do make it so like that is every time I see a zombie that, that you look at your med, you look at, you know, how many shots do I have in the pistol? Do I have health in case he gets too close? Like, what do I have in my inventory right now? And can I try to kill this thing or do I have to try to find a way to get around it? Yeah. It's kind of like that risk versus reward. Like, should I spend mm-hmm. the resources to get past this thing or is there nothing in this room that I should really be worrying about? You know, and that's why, like, a lot of the rooms you really have to scour to make sure you're finding everything because you need the to keep collecting as you're going so that you're collecting on your health and your ammo and all that other stuff. I will say they did the other good addition that they added to the game is on the map. It once you see items in a room or once you enter a room, any items that are in the room are actually placed on your map. Mm hmm. So that you know what's in there. So if you have to leave something, like you know, handgun ammo or whatever, when you can, you can look at your map and be like, "Shit, I am out. Can I get back to handgun ammo? Where was the last place I saw it?" And actually, find your way back to it. So it mm-hmm. actually highlights it back on your map, which they didn't do in the original, right? So this one actually at least lets you know what's in that room, uh, or what did I miss in there, or is there anything really that I have to go back for? Mm-hmm. See that that's nice. So let, let me ask you this. So when you so like because you had mentioned about the saves before, does it automatically revert everything back to your inventory that you used, or is the inventory used up up until no. the save? No. So anything that you had in your inventory be like from the save point on is reverted back, right? So okay. it's it's a fresh save. Uh, it's a fresh start. So it's not like some of those survival games that are like, huh, oh, you died. What's in your inventory is gone. Like no, like you still keep all that, yeah. Like, okay. y- like everything. So, and there's um, a separate like uh, there's an inventory chest at each save point. So if you have too much inventory, or you if can, you need to open up some slots yeah. for the next area that you're going to explore, then you can put some stuff in that chest yeah. to keep going. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing too uh, that I did like is the addition of um, sub weapons that they added uh, to this one. So you actually have like the idea of uh, so you have a knife. Like Leon has in in three, but it it works well. But if you know if something grabs onto you, you can use a knife to like stab it to like not have it bite you. Right. The problem is yeah. if you lodge a knife in a zombie's chest, the only way you're getting that knife back is you have to kill that fucking zombie to get that knife back. Like it's yeah. it's lodged in that thing until it's it's done, and it only has a number of uses before you're not getting it back. Yeah, it's pretty cool because to Scott's point, you can use these different sub weapons as uh, basic like counters for an attack. So the one of them is a knife. You can throw a flashbang in the guy's mouth and then kick him back and shoot him in the head. Uh, There's detonates the flashbang in the fucking zombie's mouth. Yeah, you can do like (laughs) that with a grenade. 
Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Um, you know, I don't want to go on too long because there's other stuff we want to talk about too. But I think yeah. if, if me and Scott have said enough positive things, if you yeah. have any doubts about the game, you know, if you're a mega fan, go out and buy it. If you maybe want to wait to see if you can get a price reduction, that's cool too. But we are giving it two thumbs up. Yeah, it's no, honestly, game. I think it's running right now at about a 91 on Metacritic and it definitely deserves that rating. Yeah, that's like, about what I would score it. It's like yeah. a high 90. Right. It It's it got a great mix of uh, challenge versus gameplay, uh, at least on the, the normal mode. I have not tried it on hardcore, which puts it all back to the original, like you need the ribbons, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, at least on the, the normal mode, it, it it's a great halfway point between like challenge and fun where like you're not going to breeze through this game at any yeah. point unless you switch it to the easy mode which has like auto headshots and like that sort of thing don't uh, play it on easy mode if you want to experience a horror game do not play it on assisted because it's yeah. just holding your hand the whole time yeah but yeah uh, on the thing it's a great mix of that and you'll never feel like you're completely like vulnerable but yeah. you're never you never get that feeling at least not so far and i like i said we're about maybe uh you know halfway a third of the way through the the main camp at least that one person's campaign right now mm-hmm. um you never feel like that regular zombie is like oh pfft, just one regular zombie that's not a challenge like at no point is that ever going to be uttered like yeah. just your run of the mill zombie is always going to be a pain in the ass and is going to be a challenge, which makes this game great. Yeah. Right. Like that's the thing is like at no point do you feel safe, but you have at least a little small area of comfort. Yeah. No, I, I, can't, I can't wait to play it. Um, I'm, I'm literally just, just literally just by your guys' positive thoughts, like has me stoked to play it. Like, I, I will say, yeah, this, I, 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 Nate, I, I will give you this. I've always, ever since I've seen some videos for this, I've been excited for this game. Nate hearing hit all the positives that he has for it because he was very apprehensive for it. Playing through it. Like I know he was like, I, I really like it, but like I don't know if I'm gonna get it. To hear that you bought it and that you've been playing the living crap out of it like I have <laughs> shows that like we both are like yeah. this thing is amazing and and is probably one of the best games that I've played so far in terms of like keeping that horror, keeping that survival aspect and, and still remaining really fun. Right. Yeah. It was definitely on the, go ahead, Jeremy. No, I was uh, going to be like you, Nate. And like I said, I I I wasn't going to buy this game right away. Um, And I was going to assume that I was was just, it's, it's one of those games I actually didn't pre order. Normally I say with all the games that I know I I want right away, I said, I'll I'll end up pre-ordering like God of War and Spider-Man and I said, and everything else that's come out. And it, it's this is one that I didn't pre-order just because I'm kind of like, eh, I'm like, I'm gonna be on the fence. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait till like people play it first. But like I said, just literally hearing you guys talk about it, like I said, literally makes me want to go. Like that's that's to me a game. Like I said, once I basically unpack my shit, like then I'm gonna go and play. Yeah, I think you'll really like it. Like Scott said, I was wavering, uh, but I took the plunge, and I'm so happy that I did because I liked it a lot better than I thought I would. And like Russ said, it's it's challenging, but it's also very rewarding once you start progressing through certain areas and you get past an area that's been holding you back. And also, it's extremely punishing. And, you know, we all like punishment, 
So if you guys like Netflix and you have Netflix, hopefully you checked out Punisher Season 2 because that's Segment 2 of the STS Guys tonight. We're going to talk about Punisher 2 and our thoughts. Lots lots of dead things in this episode. Real quick, just because I get two, two things. Uh, one, Nate, that was an awesome segue. Like, <laughs> I like, like that transition. I, I, I was like, it's like normally I said, I, normally I said, Larry does it and I've done it. I'm like, you know what? I said, you, I said, you get the golden globe for this week. Like I said, yes. that, that, that was an awesome transition. Yes. That Secondly, means a lot coming from you, Jeremy. Uh, Thank just you. because I can't see it. Who's all, who all do we have in the chat? Because like I said, like I said we, we record our, our podcast on YouTube live every Saturday at you know 9 p.m. Uh, sorry, 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Um, like I said, but we, you can listen on Spotify, you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, whatever you want. But if you're online, definitely join us in the chat because we love to hear from you. Uh, so let's go Name through it right now. Chat, so, who do we have in the chat today? So today in the chat, we have The Scenes 01, RLM's Comics and Collectibles, and Krish Hero have all jumped in to say hello. Nice. The RLM um, Comics and Collectibles. That's Russ, man. He, I think he's changed his name. I yeah, like the new name, yeah. Russ. Thanks, guys, for being here. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, we we're uh, going to talk some Punisher. Punisher season two on uh, Netflix. What was it? Not oh, it was last, last Friday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So it's last been Friday. it's been a week. So here, here's here, can I give my like one word review for Punisher? Yes. It's oh. Cause dude, uh, uh, dude, like I had to say, John Bernthal does a wonderful job of that, but he like does that weird, like bark growl thing that he's like, uh, like at things like when he's killing stuff, middle of the night, he'll be like, Hey, Scott, it's so funny that you mentioned that because literally in episode one, I'm like, that's the thing that I immediately got drawn to, especially in that, in that bar scene in episode one. Yeah, where he gets up people's attention. He does that weird, like, guttural, like, yell it's bark almost thing. Like, it's, it literally reminds me of the power-up from Dragon Ball. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like dude, is he going to be Super Saiyan? Yeah, or he's going to go Super Saiyan. Saiyan. I don't know what's going on. Saiyan. <laughs> like yeah it's either he's gonna super saiyan or he's gonna poop his pants i don't know what he's doing but it's one of the two um yeah like it that's the thing that's my one word review for <laughs> punisher is just that weird oh noise thing um yeah, that, that is true i mean he i think i've said this before but man bernthal is such a perfect cast for that character yeah. because he plays that pissed off killer really really well but um yeah it was funny you guys were talking about that because I've been like grunting around my house. My girlfriend's like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" I've been watching sure. the Punisher. I don't want to wash these dishes, bro. Oh, yeah. Like, what is that? <laughs> Why did I get that? I was like, "Oh, yeah." It's because of the way that he yells at the character. Like every time, like he that scene. I, I think it's the logo for this week's episode when he's out in the middle of the street and to get everyone's attention, he just grunt yells like to get Russo. everyone to look at him he's yeah. like russo and they look and he's like oh <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think we dubbed this the grill <laughs> the grill yes. the yes. grill yeah. yeah it's the it's growl the yell. yell it's the grill that is um, awesome. so let's kind of break it uh, down this group so episode one though like i said okay, can, jeremy can i hit this because people can't that are probably watching this uh 
right now can't see too much, but Jerry, I love how you're laying all cozy comfy. <laughs> you're like you're, you're laying like I imagine every sixteen year old girl lays when they're talking to their crush. <laughs> like I'll like I'll even I'll even kick my feet up. Um, there you go. It, 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 I don't have a chair. <laughs> Russ says to do the uh, the Burnthal growl at a drive through. That'd be great. Oh. I, I could totally like I want some surprise. <laughs> Give me surprise. Go <laughs> <laughs> surprise. There's yeah. no ketchup on uh, my burger. <laughs> this is when you go to like, excuse me, sir, can I help you? Oh <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> um God, I love how we devolved into just us like grunt yelling. <laughs> uh, uh, like so. Let's go. Let's go into this. So, just kind of first thoughts outside of the grunt yell. <laughs> what did you guys think of of season two compared to season one? Um, still awesome, but not as good as season one, in my opinion. Now, I I am kind of the same way. Um, season season one, I said I I think the development of the character. I think I think that just that really kind of tied home to me. Like I said especially with like original comic book type of story to it. Like, especially with the, the whole like micro story and that that, that one had basically a sub story that wasn't so such a separate sub story. It just ran perfectly alongside Punisher's main story. Yeah. Uh, I, kind of versus this season. I did not kind of really like the fact that there was two, it, it was almost like this season was two sub stories versus having a, a main and a sub. Exactly. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I felt like it was it was two, um, two kind of sub stories that they tried to like. Oh, we'll just play them both at the same time, and it becomes a season. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they're focusing a lot on Billy Russo and building his story, and then they focus a lot on Frank. And like you guys said, it, it feels like they're it's two main characters because it's these two guys separated almost the whole show. And there's it's not until maybe what episode nine. That they actually see each other for the first time. Yeah. Um, so it's, there's a lot of buildup in between. And it just kind of, there's just not the big, like Jeremy said, it felt like season one was much more built around learning about the character and what happened with his family and all that stuff. And season two is just more of like, he's just kind of chilling. All of a sudden, bad things start happening. And then Billy Russo gets thrown into the mix as being this main villain that's also very angry. That's, I, I guess. That's one of my other big things is Billy Riso doesn't seem like as a diverse character. He seems like a clone of Punisher. It's like this yeah. angry military guy that is doesn't know what happened to him, but he's just pissed off because it did. Yeah, I, I really wish that they would have gone with a more classical jigsaw in this one versus I, I realize they try to make a realistic version of it, right? Like yeah. Yeah, like he got messed up royally, but it's more of like his mental state that's the jigsaw puzzle, not like oh his face. Because in the comics, he's always an evil character, right? Like Billy mm-hmm. Russo yeah. is just an evil, sadistic fuck. And the only difference is Punisher fucks up his face, right? Like so, so literally, like I said, if you if you look at um, Warzone, I said how they how they did the whole jigsaw story. I said that that was perfect. Like I said, like I said, as weird and kind of dumb as that movie was in some aspects, I said I, d- I did like kind of like the origin story of Jigsaw in that movie. Yeah. It, and it was exactly Jigsaw is not a d- 
different before and after, right? His mess up. He's just more angry specifically at Frank Castle after getting his face all messed up. Like yeah. he's still a mob boss that enjoys killing people. Like he always has been that. Yeah, he, like, this say, Billy Russo pre hamburger face and post hamburger face. Yeah, like he, like exactly. he was still this, this Billy Russo was just a piece of shit, and then like gets his face all messed up, and you know Frank puts his head through a mirror a couple of times and into a fucking wall to the point where he's brain damaged a little bit. And so, like, I, I think it's a more realistic look at, like, a character like Jigsaw, right? Like, it, I just have to take away the comic book version of Jigsaw out of my yeah. mind, and I can enjoy Billy Russo. No. I, because I, 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 I think it's like, after what happened, I can see why that character, like, he doesn't remember all the bad shit that he did. He's still thinks that all these people are his friends that he tried to kill in the last season. And, oh, yeah, he got, like, his head caved in by the Punisher at the end of season one. <laughs> like, he's messed up. And he's basically doing exactly, you know, what he did in the first season was get a bunch of ex-military guys together to do some black ops shit and illegal stuff. And in this season, he gets a bunch of ex-military guys to start committing some crimes. Like yeah. he's doing exactly what he his kind of nature is to do. Well, so it, it, it's it it is a it, it makes sense why they played him that way and what he does in the series, right? And I think they do something odd because they introduce this guy. I think his name's the Pilgrim. John Pilgrim. Yeah. So Pilgrim is an interesting new villain in the beginning. And it's pretty intriguing because you don't know who this guy is, but he's definitely got some serious connections. Um, and skill. You know, yeah. Frank's going up against some guys that are connected to him and they all seem like they're trained. But then all of a sudden it's like that guy's still in the background, but then the focus just becomes about Billy Russo. And it's like that focus for at least four or five episodes. And then the Pilgrim guy comes back a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so, but I just felt like it was such a wasted opportunity. They should have had those guys yeah. working together from the beginning. So, Jeremy, you knowing the Punisher very well, John Pilgrim is a brand new character. But do you remember the Mennonite, which was a, like, I think a single run that they had in the Punisher? Yeah, it was uh, right after Warzone, after the Warzone for the comic books. Yes, right after the Warzone comic books, they had the 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 whole uh, Mennonite storyline. John Pilgrim is kind of a retelling of the Mennonite, but not the same type of guy. So he's kind of the leader of, I guess he he kind of has like a, a bunch of followers that are killers for hire for kind of some shady people. And he's kind of the leader of it, but he's also like kind of their like ace killer yeah. or whatever. Like he's, he's there. He, you know, the best way to describe it is he's a fixer for some very well-connected people. If they have a problem, he fixes that problem. Yeah. And he, you know, you know what that, you know what that, that, that whole storyline reminds me of is it reminds me of uh, the father from uh far cry, uh, the far last far cry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like the, his, his followers basically he has basically this this leadership style, and his followers will basically go through and do any type of bidding that he has, and will, and will carry it out. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. But like I, I do enjoy his kind of characterization. Like it, it, uh, we'll we'll kind of spoil some of the the early parts because you know, but not not some of the endings. But uh, when he's at the police station and he he wins that deputy, and he's like, "All right, like give me what I want," because you got about three or four hours before that guy bleeds out and dies. Like I didn't flat out kill him. I could have, but I didn't. Like you, ha- you can save him. It's on you to save him. Give me what I want, and you walk out of here. Mm-hmm. Like I do like his character in the fact that he's not like he's a cold blooded killer when he needs to, but he knows when to uh, negotiate or kind of where things get into his favor. So l- let me ask you this though, <laughs> in regards to to John. Um, Nate, I think you said you're on about episode nine or ten, right? Uh, I just got done with nine. I'm going to ten. Yeah. So fill us your thing, uh, Jeremy. How have you seen beyond that? No, I, I'm on episode just because of my situation right now. I'm on. I'm on episode either five or six. Okay. Um, so later on, and I think Nate, you're right about the point where you actually get to see where kind of who's pulling the strings, which makes it even a more interesting aspect of the series is it kind of gets into the whole like political power and, and corporations run the, you know, kind of, if you're a corporation, you have a lot of money, you can run politics. Yeah. I've seen kind of what you're talking about. That scene where they're at the driving range. Yeah. The driving range. Yeah. Uh, But then you get to see kind of where you, you do get a background of John Pilgrim and what he, did and and um, you you he kind of has to go back to some of his associates from back in the day, yep. And you see kind of what he used to be before he became this, you know, devout follower. And that's and um, kind of what he was. And you realize like this this character is more than just what you see, right? And that's that's kind of the reason why I mentioned that I wish that he would have been utilized a little bit more earlier on because like Scott said, it wasn't until episode nine that I learned about who this guy's connections are. He knows people in the city. He changed who he was. Um, and he has to go back to those people because they have this huge contract now out on Frank Castle and that girl that he's protecting. Yeah. So you get to see this like really badass side to him. To where he's faced, you know, to have to defend himself or they're going to kill him because they know who this guy is. He stole money from them, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I thought that was so cool because you get to see a totally different side of the character that they had not showed us before. And you get to see how lethal he really is. Um, I, I will he, say this. He reminded Nate, me of Frank the way that he carried himself in that fight. He, he Exactly. He is very much a, a, a Frank type of person. I think it's wasted when it is, but his arc is the final arc of this series. Like the way that it goes, I'll say this. Uh, I really don't like how Billy's arc ends uh, throughout the series. I think that it could have been more. It, it's, it, it falls flat. And then when See, you, that, that to me is disappointing though. It's it just sounding just because jigsaw is basically the pun- Punisher's primary rogue. Yeah, like, I, I think I think that's that's disappointing to kind of hear that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't. I mean, I'll put it this way: for this series, it works well. 
Like it, 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 he gets a fitting end for the series, but I really would have liked it to be a a bigger thing. What? And then yeah, John I, Pilgrim gets a really awesome. Like these last three things are just all him versus Punisher, basically. And it's this cat and mouse game between those two at the very end. Um, and there's this amazing scene where they're in different hotel rooms and they're in a hotel, like trying to kill each other, like between walls, like shoot through the wall to try to kill each other. That goes on for a lot longer than you would expect, like a hotel shootout <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> and I was like, I really want. I wanted more of that side of cat and mouse versus what we got. Yeah. Uh, but his arc is very slow and you see him in powerful moments. And then he, the last couple of episodes, he ramps up and becomes a, like a fucking terminator at the end of it where it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you not giving us the details about how the Billy Russo thing wraps up, but I kind of agree with Jeremy that I feel like going into this season, I thought Billy Russo was going to be the primary villain. I thought they were going to try to build him up into like super villain status for Punisher <laughs> because of what happened the last season. He's got all this revenge now that he wants to take on Punisher, but it, you know, and I feel like they could have used Pilgrim to sort of be Russo's kind of like hitman maybe, or they team up and, you know, Russo sort of uses his expertise to lure out Frank or something so, like that. So here's one thing that, that they did with the uh, the trailers made it seem like those two were gun- going to team up. Like when you it, watch yeah. the trailers for season two, they made it seem like there was going to be a team up of some point. They totally did. The good news is these are two completely separate arcs. Okay. Like the way that the Punisher goes in this one is they are two separate interactions that are not in. They, they don't interconnect in the way that you think they would. Like Punisher's fighting two different fronts here and they never cross over. Okay. Which is good. Like I was really worried that I was going to get, you know, uh, Pilgrim Russo team up versus the Punisher. And we don't get that. You know, it, it becomes like at different points in time, these people are attacking Frank. He never gets a break because there's, he's fighting two fronts at the same time. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I mean, I, I still want to, I was, you know, it's one of those shows that I can't stop watching and I, I'm trying to get through to the end of it. Cause I just want to, you know, see how it all ends. It's a show that I'm really, really liking. So even though the negative things I've said, I mean, it's still great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bernthal does awesome. The guy that plays Russo, I don't know the actor's name, but he's great. He does a really good job. I really like Curtis. I think Curtis is an awesome supporting character for Punisher and it's kind of like that human element that Frank needs it's, around him. Yeah, he's the the voice of reason that I yeah. think Frank needs. Like Frank's idea is, I'm just going to kill everybody, and Curtis is, dude. There there might be another way to approach the situation. And hey, remember all those good times that you had when you still actually cared about the world, right? I will say though, man, the girl, the main girl in this, drives me nuts at the beginning. She she never yeah. gets better. She does a bunch of stupid fucking decisions. Jeez, oh, like the dude that killed like thirty people in your presence. Maybe listen to that fucking guy. Yeah, <laughs> once, or, once in a while, like well, stop trying to be like, <laughs> stop trying to be like. I'm just gonna go my own way. Like, I'll I'll spoil this at some point. When she finds out that he's the Punisher, she's like, oh cool, like. 
you're going to kill everybody. Like I, I'm great to be with you, but she still doesn't do what he fucking says. Like, <laughs> like let the dude that's a fucking master killer do his goddamn job. <laughs> like he's here to protect you. That's the thing. Do what like, he says. Yeah. Within the first or second episode, you get to see, you know, Frank protects this girl and like legit kicks some serious ass with these assassins that are after her. But she treats him like total shit after that. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Get the fuck away from Just me. In the, in the first two episodes, I think he probably wastes a good 50 people. Just yeah. the same Here, Here's the thing. Uh, yes. Up to that point, I get it because he does flat out use that that girl as bait. <laughs> like, he's like, I know some people are after you and they're going to keep coming. So I'm going to strap you to a bed and like make myself known so that you come to try to kill her so I can kill them back. Yeah. Like, uh, it's that thing. Uh, the scenes, uh, says the thing, does anyone miss microchip not being in season two? Yeah. Like I yeah, really I wanted micro. That's what I was asking Scott. I'm like, does, do we actually get a, a micro cameo at all? That, at no point do we get a micro. I was now, really surprised. I will say this. The, one of the best things is, is we do get the one person who has been in every season of yeah. one of the Netflix shows. Yeah. Turk Bennett does make his comeback. So we get a Turk and, uh, um, Oh God. Now I'm forgetting your name. Like I had it on the top of my tongue. Uh, get Madonna. Not yeah, we have Madonna back right from the, the first season. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Karen Page shows oh, back yeah. up for for one episode of yeah. the season, or yeah. or maybe maybe two episodes. Um, so those are the only two kind of recurring characters, other than the main re- recurring Punisher cast. But yeah, would, surprisingly, I, Micro, who plays a huge part of the Punisher's yes. life um, in the comics, does not come back for the season. I was really surprised that Micro was not in here because, like Scott said, he's kind of like <clears throat> like the He's like the, the guy Oracle that gets all the guns. Batman. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's like Batman's Oracle. He gives Frank information. He helps set up like new weapons and stuff. I mean, he is like Frank's right hand man for all the techno stuff that Frank doesn't know as much about. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really surprised that we don't get to see him again. Yeah, so, so not the really of, outside of his bashing Billy's face into a wall a couple of times and everything. We don't get a lot of season one callbacks, surprisingly. Yeah, are we gonna say? So I'll say kind of, kind of to that point though. So about this time when, so it was about a a week after the fact um, that after the third season Daredevil dropped, we heard about the cancellation of Daredevil. So we haven't heard anything yet with with Punisher. So do we think that? this show is going to be safe. Maybe it's going to reside on Netflix and that's where it's just because of the, the uber violent nature yeah. that it is. Like I said, yeah. that, that first ep- that first episode that like I said, he he's freaking wasting everybody in that bar. Yeah. Oh God, the bar scene. So uh, yeah, and I think like people like iron fist, Luke cage, daredevil, Jessica Jones, all those characters can be portrayed in like a, a PG realm that I think Disney would love to have a part of, right? Like yeah. those are things that Disney can bring on and, and be safe in putting those things on given Disney's rules about kind of 
you know, nothing rated R kind of aspect of things. I don't know if I could see them trying to be like, oh, we're going to put on our Disney streaming service that we're trying to uh, create. <laughs> like, fucking just, you you already have some of the big hitters. Like, why, that's another discussion. Yeah. Uh, like, why are you trying to bring these characters that have a good station on? Like, Daredevil was perfect where it was, but, like, Punisher has an outlet that they can use to have him in his glory. Yes. And I don't think they're going to want to put a person that has a body count of like 300 people by the end of the season. <laughs> like and Frank kills a shit ton of people. And if you think like, I would love to have somebody actually count how many people he kills between each season. <laughs> Cause it's, it's a gotta lot. be staggering. It's a lot. No, it's nuts. It's nuts. I wonder and, and if like Netflix this, did that on purpose. You know, they're it, like, Hey, you know what? Disney's going to take these shit. characters. Let's ramp the hell out of this so yeah. that when Disney tries to remake it, everybody's going to remember how violent we were able to make it at so, Netflix. Certain things like I started like things that made me laugh out loud in the season was he teaches this girl how to like disarm people. And you're like, you, you know, like he teaches her how to disarm. He teaches her how to basically disarm a, somebody who's putting a gun at her head. And then he's like, when you do this, the second that you get that gun in your hand, you pull the trigger. Some dude puts a gun in her head later on, like six episodes later, she does the move and she uses a Barrett or not a Barrett, a, a desert Eagle 50 and just belts this guy in the chest. Oh yeah. And she comes up and she's freaking out because she killed the guy. And so, you know, you think Disney version would be like, he tries to calm her down. They try to save the guy or whatever. Good old Netflix daredevil or uh Punisher version is he takes the gun from her hands, shoots the guy in the face and says, <laughs> you didn't kill him. I did. <laughs> so I don't really think that Disney is going to put like that type of writing on their system. Trying to, and also uh, on the same platform where they have child friendly stuff. Well, yeah. yeah and so just I think, Punisher has a good housing in Netflix to keep it there where they can show what they want and show that gory nature of that character and not have it be something that they, that sullies their name or, or gives them that rated R aspect. No, I, I agree. I actually think, I actually think out of all the shows, I think this is the show that's actually going to be safe. And I think it's, popular enough to where it'll keep people on the it'll 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 keep it mainstream i actually think this show will stay here just because there's no like scott to your point i said there's no way disney is going to touch this character with a 10-foot pole i said with like i said with the murdering aspect of like i said i said that first episode he kills probably at least 50 guys yeah. like i said in one it's, episode the king of the season he, yeah he kills so many people his hands are drenched with blood yeah. My the best part is when he sees he they try to roadblock him and he pulls up the girl's like oh, what are you man. gonna do and he just reans out the window and just mo just fucking spray and praise yeah. three or four yeah. people down and then kills him to try to get his like one night the stand and then shoot the other guy yeah. yeah like yeah like he just you see a character that doesn't give a shit that's one thing I love about this though so. he he just has no no uh you know. He does not give a shit. He's just like, you were fucking dead. 
Yeah. So, yeah. So, ah! so at the end, um, I, I told you guys before we started this that I was going to, I have to talk about the, the, the last scene. Nidivians have gotten to this point. It, it, this has no bearing on story, right? I'm not going to talk about what happens, how anything wraps up. But the one of the last scenes of the thing does set up for what we say is a comic book Punisher, right? So very last scene is Frank getting called being like, hey, uh, this is the CIA and we have this person that we want you to kill. And he's like, nah, I'm already on a job, which is very Punisher comic book, right? Like super comic book. He walks there is then she cuts to a warehouse where you have two gangs arguing over who called who for a buy. Cause one person doesn't want to sell. One person doesn't want to buy. They don't can't figure out what it is. All of a sudden you hear, Hey, Frank walks in two M16s and just mows everybody down while going, oh, <laughs> like dual, like akimbo, like M16s mows everybody down. It is the one of the best Punisher. Like if you screenshotted him with the two M16s, it could be a fucking cover for a Punisher comic book. I, I, th- I think uh, John Berthel actually posted that image out uh, before the season he dropped. Did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. The two M16s, like in the Punisher, he has the the bulletproof vest with the skull on it, mm-hmm. and the the fucking leather trench coat, and yeah. just walks in and just mows down a group of like thirty people <laughs> with two M16s at the end of it, and yeah, you realize at the end of this one, you realize he has given up this whole moral high ground. Do I do this? Do I not question? And he has become the comic book version of the Punisher. Right. Nice. Like you commit a crime. I will, that. Kill, I will kill you so that you cannot c- continue to commit crimes. Yeah. Like yeah. he has become, he becomes the Punisher in the last like two minutes of the uh, of the TV show, and it is fucking glorious. And I would awesome. love a season where we have a villain of the week where he just destroys different mobs or goes after different crime things. Like, I would love a season three where we don't have an overarching story, where we just have you know Black Mirror style. Here's the bad guy. Here's who Frank kills. <laughs> <laughs> How does he do it? Just rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat, like different bad guys. I I honestly think, I said I have a good feeling that we will get a season three because I don't think this show is moving. I said, I otherwise, I said, I said Daredevil. I said it was a weekend, and they said they were going to cancel it. And we haven't heard that yet. We haven't heard anything about that yet. Yeah, I have to agree with Jeremy on this one. I don't know if Disney's going to want to touch this at all. Yeah, it's hard for Disney. Like Disney has that whole idea of what's good and wholesome and what's you know what can we show they're not going to show a character like the punisher and you can't have a pun like you can't have a version of the punisher who's like i don't shoot to kill i only wound people (laughs) and like i use rubber bullets like yeah that doesn't work as that character like you need a you need an outlet that will let you show the Brutality. Kind of the, uh, the, the brutality and the death of a person like that. Yeah, and I think and, that's what I was saying earlier. I think that's why Netflix kind of took it to the level they did to show, look mm-hmm. what we are willing to do for this character. We can, right. you know, it can 
Punisher can live in our world how he should. Because if you've read the comics, this is the Punisher that you know. And people don't want to give that up to get a Disney dumbed-down version. We'll say a Disney-fied version that uses not real guns and nobody died because they all wore body armor. Like, no, I want the, the Punisher that puts a shotgun point-blank to a dude's face and pulls the trigger yeah, this without is the hesitation. Punisher, this is the Punisher or, that I would expect. Yeah, or that in the bar fight... Puts a knife, you know, sticking straight up, and then shoves the guy's skull on top of it. Ooh. Somebody said Punisher is more violent than Deadpool. Yen, yeah. Um, oh yes. Th- like Deadpool is like over the top violent. Punisher is like, oh, so that's really what it looks that, that <laughs> I could imagine. That's what it looks like when you put yes. a shotgun barrel in a person's mouth and pull the trigger. Yeah, or, Punisher is like realistic violence. Like it is almost disturbing sometimes to see yeah. him kill people the way he does. Like that scene that Jeremy's just talking about the knife and just like ooh, where he just starts, he, yeah, you know, guy's thing and it just like, makes oh, you shit. cringe. Like God, it looked like it hurt. Or just the the like I said, going back to that first season when he's in the bathroom with the people and he's just. Pops that chick in the shoulder with the knife and like twists yeah. it. You're like, yeah. oh shit. Like, yeah. And she lets out that horrible scream. That like, horrible ah. scream of like pain when he stabs her and twists the knife. You're like, oh God. Like, that is what that probably is really sounds like. Well, uh, and, just that, uh, that do that bodyguard in that first. I said, I keep on going back to that first episode just because that's the freshest in my mind still. Is like I said, that bodyguard that they had at the bar. Who like I said oh, this huge dude? You think like it's gonna be like an ally and gonna, gonna help off? He gets stabbed so many times. Dude, he, he gets stabbed, stabbed and shot. He gets shot. But yeah. dude, he he messes some people up too. He like, does. Yeah. For things, but they. I will say this: one of the scenes, I think it's in an episode thirteen, where you have a fucked up John Pilgrim versus a fucked up. Punisher, right? They've gone through hell in their respective stories, and they get into a fist fight in that 13th episode. And at one point, I think the Punisher said, he's like, all right, are you, do you need a breather? Or are we going to do this? You feel every hit that each of them takes, and it is so guttural, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> when they take those hits, because these are people that are you know, from they've had injuries for thir- 12 episodes previous that they're trying to get in a fist fight. And it is just, it is gory in the right places. And just, <laughs> n- you feel what these people are going through. Very yeah. visceral. Like, it's yeah, very, very visceral. I think if you guys have been listening to us for the last 30 minutes, you know that we are highly recommending this show. Yeah. So he, here's what I'll say. I, Jeremy, you said that you like season one better. Nate, you said you like season one better. I'll put this. He, I don't like season one better overall. Uh, here's what I'll put it. Story-wise, season one was better. But action season, like action-wise and kind of like individual like plot points, I actually like season two a little bit better. Like I think that it puts action where it needs to be to keep that story fresh better in season two than it did in season one. Those, yes. those action scenes were few and far yeah. between. Well, like, I, 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 can, I, can, I can get on the board that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like one of the best scenes is Jerry, you said you're on, on four or five is he's been arrested after what? 
for one of the many times that he gets arrested in the, in these storylines in in the second season, when he's at the police station and he's locked up and he keeps telling the, uh, uh, I guess the sheriff there, he's like, let me go. Like, let me go. Let me me do my thing. He's like, if you want to live through this, let me go. Let me do my thing. And when he finally does, and you see him just, there's, you know, and and he just takes out like 30 people in the forest that are trying to like, you know, Mm -hmm. kill everybody in this police station. Right. Like you walk him, walk through this thing and you see him for what he is. Yeah. That is probably one of the best scenes ever. Cause you know, they're trying to be the good guys and like keep this murderer locked down. And you hear him say, dude, let me go. I will go out there and, do what I do. Let me do what I do. You know what? I'm hoping that they make some pops from uh, Punisher season two. Cause if they do, I would pre-order at shoemystore.com and make sure I save 10% (laughs) using code STS guys. Don't forget that guys. If you like pops, make sure you go to shoemystore.com save 10% by using code STS guys. They'll ship your pop in a pop protector. And who knows? They may make Punisher season two pops. They, they need to. Uh, Cause that jigsaw mask that he wears, I want that shit. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Like that mask is utterly amazing. If and you guys like a pop with that mask, you, you, two thumbs you, way you up. Talk about, you talk about Shoei Store. I said it sounds like they have like almost like an online presence. Um, like it sounds like they're on maybe some, some multi different platforms as well. Am yeah. I right? That's right, yeah, and like we are, like the STS guys, Ooh, we're on multiple like platforms. We are, yeah, are we're we? on Instagram at STS guys, we're on Twitter at STS guys, we're on Facebook at the STS guys, we even have a website, stsguys.com. If you like our YouTube channel, stsguys.online, hit the subscribe button, hit notification button so you don't miss our content. And this has been Nate with the STS guys. Shilling like a villain. Good oh, like, uh, jump in. Honestly, Nate, Nate, I have to give you mad props for that because <laughs> not only not only did you mention all of our social media, but I think you up Larry and got stsguys.com and stsguys.online. Yes. Man, I knew Larry wasn't going to be here tonight. I'm like, all right, I got to get this right. You, you got to went back. Because you knew I was going to fuck it up if I tried it. So, <laughs> yeah. I went back yeah, and watched was- a previous episode and kind of. <laughs> I lost my, I lost my train of thought at least twice in this and just started <laughs> rambling to make up for it. I, I just see Nate practicing in front of a mirror this entire time. He's like, okay, at STS guys, and and you can find us online at the STS, <laughs> Facebook, yeah. the STS. <laughs> Take 15 and go. Like, shit, which one is yeah. at and which one is at the? <laughs> but that has been a punishing episode. And one full of lots of dead yeah. people. So it, it, let's just do too long. Didn't read for anybody who skips to the end. Uh, Resident Evil Two, amazing. Go watch Punisher season two. There we go. Two thumbs way up from the S guys. In both sides. So go for, check out both ass fucking things. <laughs> yeah. So for episode sixty nine of the STS guys. I have been Jeremy. Hey guys, it's been Nate. And I'm Scott. And we are the STS guys. Have a great night, everyone.
Bye. Shut up and sit down.